0: But let's analyze what we've seen from the first two weeks. Eagles are the number one offense in the NFL, and Jalen Hurts is a top-rated quarterback. Those are facts.
1: You're right. It's almost like when good things happen, it's just like then you start sleeping with one eye open. Most people are like, oh, good things are happening. Us are like, oh, no, good things are happening. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Burns versus Boys.
2: I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb
1: things. I got two phones. Upside on alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there.
3: There's no hope. Hope Shooting is gone. Up. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised
1: me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to Birds vs. Boys episode 129. I am Aiden here as always. We don't have Kevin tonight. He's on a business trip like the Cowboys took care of business against the Bengals on Sunday. So in his place, I have my man Chase Sr., the star of Chat Sports. He hosts Eagles now for Chat Sports. Chase, how are you doing as a reoccurring guest and now co-host of the show?
0: Quite an honor to be a reoccurring guest. And because Kevin is out of town... He asked me if I could come in, hang out for a few minutes, and I said, of course, my pleasure. So pumped up to be here, man, and a lot to talk about in this division, especially, most notably, most importantly, the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: We've been the, we've been the talk of the town, which sometimes is, is good and sometimes is bad, but I think I see why. Monday night, it was just awesome. That was the first time in quite some time where that stadium was shaking, and I just think you know you can feel the, the vibes around that team. Especially because I know you're a Philly guy, four for four through and through. It was coming off a weekend where we said, Oh, if the the Phillies do well, we can believe. And they just fell flat on their face. And then if the Eagles do well, we can believe. So that belief is there for this team right now.
0: Yeah. Look, and I love the Phillies, but. Over the last decade, they've been a fraudulent franchise. The fact that they are the Philadelphia Phillies and they had the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball is an absolute joke. The fact that they fall on their faces time and time and time and time and time again in September, it's brutal. It's brutal. But the Eagles are there to pick us all up. And look, this momentum has been gaining steam, I think, for a long time. I mean, the fact that in Nick Sirianni's first year, rebuilding year they make the playoffs they end the season hot he makes some really really impressive adjustments offensively mid-season which really helped turn things around they make it into the playoffs which in the first year to do in a rebuilding year that's what good franchises do and then this offseason they basically addressed every single question that they had and fulfilled needs on the roster whether it be through free agency or the draft and trade that has made them a really good team and the aj brown acquisition has totally changed everything but this is what all comes down to for the philadelphia eagles aiden everybody knows it and i've been saying it for a really long time if jalen hurts can take a step as a passer and that's what i said prior to the year then the eagles can be really dangerous because the way that this roster has been put together is really impressive and i'm a guy who has certainly ripped howie roseman and thankfully Recently, he admitted, look, I've made some mistakes and I deserve that flack. So for him to make up for some of those mistakes to build this current team, I have to give him credit. The offensive line is really good. And I believe you build a football team on the offensive and defensive lines. Last couple of years in the Super Bowl, especially nowadays, last year, it was the Rams getting after Joe Burrow. The year before, Tampa Bay all over Patrick Mahomes. And then the year before that, the Niners had, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes on the ropes, right? So they're really strong on offensive line. Defensive line, we'll see the blitz lack thereof. A little bit concerning. Some of that is because of play calling. Other just guys not getting home. But corners, really good. We saw it on Monday night. Darius Slay legitimately locked down Justin Jefferson. James Bradbury has been one of the top-rated cornerbacks in the NFL. Howie Roseman finally, finally invested in linebacker. Finally. And then the trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and I'll tell you what, Marcus Epps, if you really watch these games the first two weeks, he's been really, really good. And then A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, combination of that with the speed element from Quez Watkins. Dallas Goddard is one of the most slept-on tight ends in the NFL. They have the team. It all comes down to Jalen Hurts, and if he takes that next step as a passer, this team can be really dangerous, and that's what we've seen the first two weeks. Look, against the Lions, I don't care that he was 18-32. He converted 10 third downs, By himself, running and throwing. Throwing with anticipation. The deep ball accuracy has always been pretty good. And then to come through with a performance like that on Monday night, that's why people are so excited. That's why the hype is real. Because you don't really see a weakness on this team. And if Hurts is dangerous and can pick you apart from the pocket, like he's been, like he did on Monday night, deep ball accuracy, throwing well on the move, navigating the pocket when he needs to, picking up touchdowns, runs with his legs. I mean, the long touchdown run was insane. I mean, just insane how he actually fought for the for the goal line. But again, comes down to winning from the pocket. And we've seen him do that, and we've seen this team come together while still having to work on some things the first two weeks. So that's why the hype is justified, in my opinion. Now, we've been set up and hurt so much throughout our lives. And... <laughs> I know that it could be right around the corner. It takes one injury for that to happen. But let's analyze what we've seen from the first two weeks. Eagles are the number one offense in the NFL, and Jalen Hurts is a top-rated quarterback. Those are facts.
1: You're right. It's almost like when good things happen, it's just like then you start sleeping with one eye open. Most people are like, oh, good things are happening. Us are like, oh, no, good things are happening. But you're totally right. Like The team just goes with how Jalen Hurts goes. And I watched your show today, uh, Eagles Now on Chat Sports on YouTube, and you were talking about the It was a reaction to week two, but really talking about the season so far in total, the first two games with Hertz and just the control and command that he has, which is part of that next step that we needed him to take. And I think that was even more so he played flawlessly in week two, and I think it was even more so on display week one against the Lions because in that game, things weren't going your way around you, you know? Like, there was pressure on him early on. Devontae Smith didn't have a catch. The defense gave him up 35 points to the Lions. Obviously, that looks a lot better now because they just beat the Commanders. But things weren't going well around him. And he still felt confident that they were going to win the game just because Hertz mm-hmm. had so much control. Like you said, he converted 10 thirds downs on his own. And then you go into week two. You have the first drive where he doesn't even have an incompletion. Leads them right down the field, which was incredible. And it's just like you almost see his confidence building with each start that he makes. And as that continues, that hopefully, at least, that pocket passing is going to come with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and the weapons are there. And Shane Steichen has done a terrific job as offensive coordinator. Some of the play design stuff, some of the creativity. I love the creative pre-snap motion you know interchanging of routes through the pass game combined with the power run game I think that's how you win multiple ways that's how you win ugly that's how you win in the playoffs you can you can win that way year round and you know that goes to how they've built this team and then the play calling for Sirianni to give it up that's not easy and Shane probably won't be here that long but for this year alone you know that's the life of a coordinator. Unfortunately, they get poached if you're a good team. Eagles have seen that many, many times over the years with Andy Reid, Dougie P., and now Nick Sirianni. But I just love the makings of this team as a whole. And this is also a squad that needed to prove it on Monday night. They hadn't beat a winning team or a winning caliber team in a little while. You know, it had been a minute. And on that big stage, this really had you know, Carolina Panthers on the road 2017 vibes where both teams you knew were good. Both teams were playoff caliber. The winner of that game, you're like, okay, we'll take them more seriously and they can look legit. And I thought the Eagles just completely dominated, just dominated Minnesota in basically every facet.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what people are going to say is, look, you played Kirk Cousins in primetime and that's what you're supposed to do. And I said, when we did our reaction show, like uh, to me, that was worse than the Sam Darnold seeing ghost games at least that you know like the Patriots had an all-time defense he's playing against Bill Belichick he's a young guy like Cousins I thought was even worse um, so people are just gonna say oh you played Kirk Cousins since prime time but it was the dominance of that affair and how they won that game that makes you believe they didn't squeak that one out they were in total control that entire time
0: yeah I mean look you can say prime time Kirk and it's a fun joke I mean I was saying it all throughout the watch party it's so true the guy just clenches up and titans in Titans moments, big but- are we not going to give credit to Darius Slay for how he defended Justin Jefferson? He did as good of a job on him one-on-one basically the entire game as anybody I've seen since Jefferson came into the league, and he has carved dudes up, and Darius Slay locked him down. So, yeah, it's primetime Kirk, but like, give credit where credit is due. you got to be great in some of those big spots, and Darius Slay, he was in that spot, so he deserves credit for that.
1: Oh yeah. That that was awesome. That was just like a, a classic case of smelling blood in the water. It yeah. felt like he was on top of every pass. He was guessing right. Not even guessing. He just knew where the ball was going to be before the Vikings receivers knew it was going to be there. He had two picks, probably could have had five. I think yeah. one hit him in the chest. One was low, but he still could have caught it. And he dropped the one right before he had the pick. Yeah. So he could have had a few. So I just think like, you're right. Like, it is the primetime Kirk Cousins thing. It is a funny joke. It is real. The statistics back it up. But it doesn't take anything away from how we should believe in this team after that win and heading into week three with a familiar face, Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one more thing on that Vikings game. Everybody's kind of freaking about freaking out Excuse me about how they didn't score in the second half. I actually kind of like how the game flowed. The offense yeah. was dominant in the first half, and then – you know, Sometimes teams just don't want to display all that much offensively and spoil what could come up in the future play-calling-wise if they have a big lead, and that's why a lot of teams oftentimes do lose big leads. But like, I like how the game was because the offense completely dominated the first half, and then the defense completely dominated the second half. I like the well-rounded approach of, of how they kind of finished that game and how they were just clicking on both sides. That's what it takes to be a great team. As for the commanders... Look, weird things happen in week one. Almost happened to the Eagles. I think if the Jags and Washington were to meet again, I kind of like Jacksonville to win that game. New regime, you know. But the the Commanders come out with that win week one, and then I honestly think people are sleeping on the lines. They've been one of my favorite sleeper teams going into this year, and it's not just because of hard knocks. Like I think they're legit. Their offensive coordinator has been absolutely fantastic, Ben Johnson. They have a pretty good team with some dogs. And they have actually a top five offense right now in terms of yards and points per game. So I think that that win for the Eagles is actually going to look pretty good. And then the Lions, we saw why they gave the Eagles trouble. Like they're pretty good and mm-hmm. they kind of kicked Washington's ass. And I've been higher on Carson once than most. I appreciate what he did in this city. Like without him, Eagles don't win the Super Bowl when he tore his ACL and shredded his knee week 13 against the Rams during that Super Bowl run. I, hurt badly I thought the season was over we know what happened with the Nick Foles heroics but like he was insane that year especially on some in some critical categories um third down clutch downs I mean he was so so good so I appreciate what he did unfortunately I think the injury hurt him athletically and confidence wise with the whole Nick Foles thing you know I think that altered him just a little bit hasn't been the same quarterback since obviously And he can be really good in moments. And I think that he has so much talent. You see it. 6'5", strong arm. But my goodness, does he make some Daniel Jones-esque mistakes that make you say, what the fuck are you thinking? And what are you seeing out there? And quarterbacks like that, they can be great one week, really bad the next. Wentz was, he threw four touchdowns week one. He's tied for the most in the NFL right now uh, with Tua but he came back down to earth in week two, threw some bad picks in both games, and that's what it comes down to for the Eagles. I mean, generate some type of a pass rush. Let that back end go to work with Bradbury Slay, good safeties, good linebackers finally, and Eagles should win this game. I love their mentality right now too. Like in the locker room after the game, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. Yes, let's go. What a win. This is the standard, and we still have things that we can clean up. Like, I love that. Don't be complacent. You can't be complacent in this league.
1: Keep building it. Keep building it. I agree. I totally love that. It just feels like it's one cohesive unit. And for a franchise that in the past few years, there have been stories coming out of the locker room that not everybody gets along. Maybe the coaching staff doesn't even get along with the front office. Front office doesn't get along with the coaches. Coaches don't get along with some of the players, stuff like that. I I love the cohesion that we have, but yeah, like you're, you're right. So like Carson, I've always described him as if you take 10 of his throws, nine will probably be on target and just look normal. And then on the 10th throw, you'll be like, has this guy ever watched football before? Does he understand how the game is played? And that one always gets him in trouble. I think what Eagles fans need to do is, you and I are kind of the same where we appreciate what he did. Uh, He obviously has his faults, but I don't think we exactly set him up for success after that Super Bowl season either. But there are Eagles fans who have this like blind hatred for him. And you got to take that away in this game. And you can't think, oh, we're just going to win by 30 because screw this guy, I hate him now. Like, he wanted to leave. Like, that's just, like, not how you can view it. You almost have to take it like he's an NCAA 14 character where they change all the guys' names. And you, like, you know it's Jay Menzel from Texas A&M, but they'll come up with, like, H. Schwartz, and he'll still be number two and everything like that. So you just have to, like, switch it up and pretend it's not Carson Wentz because this is a team – It's shocking. Defensively, they have not looked good at all. But offensively, this is probably, it could be the best receiving core that Wentz has played with with the emergence of Jahan Dotson so early. Like Terry McLaurin was supposed to be this solid wide receiver one. Well, now you got three guys there. You've got a great trio. So like, I think they'll be able to put up points. So it's going to be huge, like you mentioned, to get pressure on him and force him into that 10th throw where you're asking, what the hell is this guy doing?
0: Yeah, it's very like Brett Favian, but even worse, that gunslinger mentality where he takes chances, but Fav kind of just took chances, like just to take chances. Whereas Wentz, mm-hmm. he does take those chances, but then it's like, what are you seeing? I mean, my goodness, that was, <laughs> yeah. atrocious. but you're right. Look, their, their team is pretty solid. You know, they have a good ground game. Um, they have a good defensive line, even without Chase Young and they do give the Eagles problems from time to time I just think you generate that pass rush and Wentz will have some trouble and then can Bradbury and Darius Slay do what they did last week against probably a better receiving core in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and I have confidence in them to do that this is a game that the Eagles should win no doubt about it Mm -hmm. but this is a game that they could lose if they think they're just going to walk in there and dominate That goes back to the mentality that I was talking
2: about. Like,
0: They'll bite you in the ass if you expect to walk in there and and just roll them. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a dogfight. This is a good team. They have some good weapons. I like Jahan Dotson. Loved him coming out of Penn State. Watched him there when I covered Penn State a few years ago. I thought everybody was making such a big deal about you know, all of his NFL combine stuff, the guy's a smooth route runner, really good after the catch. And as a number two to Terry McLaurin, that's a great addition for them. And, and again, Wentz, Ken Bernie? a strong arm, can make any throw on the field, um, is pretty athletic still. You just hope, like you said, you know, you get him out of rhythm, you confuse him, you disguise him a little bit, show a blitz, drop people back in coverage, then he's prone to making some of those mistakes, which can change a football game.
1: you're just like waiting on that mistake and I like you don't think this will be some type of blowout because we've played the same game at Washington every year for as long as I can remember where there's a minute 36 left you need um you've got to have a touchdown or they've got to have a touchdown and they're driving down the field there's one timeout and you just need one stop and you win the game and we get a turnover and either return it for a touchdown or end the game so, like last year was the perfect example. Uh, they're going down the field, Rodney McLeod, interception, game over. Like it yeah. just happens again and again and again like that. So, I can foresee that happening again this year and being that type of game. And yeah. that's where the Wentz mistake comes in.
0: Right. Have you seen the line for this game by any chance? I think it's
1: one I don't. Heard don't say it if early. you,
0: if have you seen it or no?
1: I saw it earlier this week. I don't know what it's at now.
0: Okay. Cause I just looked at it for the first time and I'm pretty surprised by it. So like if I were to guess what the line was, I would have said Eagles minus four, maybe five it's Eagles by a touchdown. That's pretty high. So like (laughs) that's respect from the odds makers with what they think of the Eagles. I feel like, and a little bit of course is hype driven but that's pretty mm-hmm. telling where they see both of these teams a touchdown favorite on the road. Now I know, you know, oftentimes Philly fans take over that joke of a stadium that's FedEx Field owned by there. the most fraudulent owner, Dan Snyder. But uh I mean, sometimes home teams get three points, right? So like you're saying that the Eagles yeah. are what,
1: an eight, nine point favorite?
0: That's exactly. that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. So Did I'm you say you live the there? I'm going to the game. So you're going I, yeah. to the game. That's awesome. Yeah, Were you there yeah, at week, so week one is, too? I was not. Um, okay. Uh, but I'm excited, even though the stadium the stadium sucks. Like it'll, it'll Oh, well, taking over and like, like, away exactly. stadium
0: is a, is an adrenaline rush. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like yes, like isn't that the best feeling when you step out of the room for one second to to do something? And you're live all the time, so you're watching all these different games and you hear the crowd. And you're like, I can't tell if it's good for us or bad for us because we have so many of our fans in this other team stadium. Like that's the best feeling in the world. It's like that could have been good or bad. We have too many people there to know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like you know, I get pumped up if I went to somebody's house who I didn't really like, went to their crib, beat them in beer pong, and with like a clutch shot taken over, and like that's a good win, good feeling. You go to FedEx Field, take that thing over, it's like wow, we are at an away stadium, and it sounds like a home game. Like, that's pretty incredible. Beauty of Eagles fans. Yeah,
1: Yeah, those shots at the end of the games, like I talked about, where it's like they're up by four. I just got the chills. Yeah, and the, yeah. we get a strip <laughs> sack or an interception, and the, the defense goes straight to the crowd, and it's just all Eagles fans. And yeah. the one play that always sticks out to me is the uh, 2019 game where Greg Ward catches that touchdown. The place is, like, shaking from Eagles Dude. fans. And then we get the the score and they're jumping in the crowd. I think it was Nigel Brad. I'm like, that's just such an awesome moment.
0: Yeah. I wish we could have seen what would have happened if Wentz didn't get concussed in that game against Seattle that year. Oh yeah. That was his first playoff game. He still hasn't won one. And I know Russell Wilson has owned the Eagles, but I think the Eagles had a shot to win that game. And I think that would have been cool for Carson Wentz to do it. Honestly, maybe things end up differently. He played really good football down the stretch that year with Greg Ward as his number one wide receiver, by the way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, So
0: it's a little bit of a bummer. And honestly, that just encapsulates like the Carson Wentz era. What could have been is basically what it comes down to his tenure here, other than the Super Bowl, obviously.
1: And really his entire career, Uh, like you said, with the Eagles where he was carrying that team, I think Josh Reynolds was his tight end for that final game. They had a uh, practice squad wide receiver who he met the day of the game, who he hit for a pass in that game. It's just crazy. But like you look at it last year, like he's kind of like all you got to do is beat Jacksonville or Oakland to get in the playoffs and all these things don't go your way. And like, you know, like he again, he has his faults, but as you saw last week, the the Colts just can't win in Jacksonville. He's gone. He can't be the scapegoat now. Yeah. It-
0: Dude, the Colts can't not being able to win in Jacksonville is like the weirdest thing. I just don't understand it cuz that team's been bad bad yeah. for a long time. But you're so right. Things just haven't gone this dude's way. Credit to him, I guess, for having some mental resolve because the human nature aspect of it would require that and I think Jim said, like, just was like, I'm done with you, which is kind of weird. That's also the other thing about the Wentz tenure. There were all these rumblings about him not really being that good of a dude in Philly and people not really liking him. And then the same was said in Indianapolis. So that's what the weird part of the Wentz tenure is. It's like, is there something that we don't know about this guy that would make us not like him after we're like, okay, you know, when he comes back to the link, I'll stand up and give him a round of applause.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the. There's like so many, like the it's, the water is so murky, like you just can't tell. Because he seems like the stand up guy. Everything you see, like he he, I when the story broke that he was a bad teammate, he was like, I don't even use Twitter. I was reading the Bible when someone told me that that happened. You know, like that type of guy. And then those like stories unfold, and you're like, all right, well, who's right? And I think obviously the famous saying is, "There's." Two sides of every story, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. But you're right. Like I, I think, uh like when he comes back, he'll probably get booed. But we don't know the full truth that would have, like, allowed us to know for certain if he was 100% to blame or not. And now we face him two times a year. Yeah, exactly. And he
0: admitted today, actually, that he could have been a better person and teammate when he was in Philadelphia. He legit said that verbatim. So it's weird. It's weird.
1: Hey- Hey, how about what a day? Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz with quotes about Philadelphia. Like I was like, what is happening right now?
0: I'll also. I only saw the clip from Simmons, but like he did have an opportunity to just send a haymaker toward our way,
2: and he he did throw out
0: some compliments. You know, the the negative thing that he had to say was that Philadelphians always have something to say about everything. His car, his dog, whatever. Mm -hmm. So much true. So much true.
1: That is true, and he didn't and he didn't even like say I was the fan. hes like, the media is the ones that I really don't like. Like they're the ones always saying, like, oh, you should be in the gym or something like that. Exactly. But it was just so fitting, like we're but it's like closure, you know? Like I'd love to just win on on Sunday and just be done with this once and for all. And it's like, all right, and it would be great if like Hertz plays well, continues as this MVP candidate, and obviously, like Josh Allen is just playing on an absolute tear, but it would just be great to, you know. Win this game, move on. He will do fine. I think Washington is like has seven seed written all over them. Hopefully, we win the division and just everyone get closure and go their separate ways finally. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Put it in the rear view. Yeah, do it. All right. Now, this is Birds versus Boys. I know we're both Eagles fans. Kevin made a brief appearance. But we'll talk a little bit about the Cowboys because their Monday Night Football this week playing the Giants – It's at least an interesting matchup for us NFC East fans because I don't know what to make of the Cowboys now beating the Bengals. I think that's a quality win, even though the Bengals are 0-2. And the Giants are 2-0.
0: Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the game to see – if the Giants go to 3-0, and that's pretty legit. I don't think that they're going to end the year as one of the best teams in the NFC because they have holes in multiple areas. But you get to 3-0, and it's almost really hard to miss the playoffs. <laughs> and for Brian Dable, if he leads them to the playoffs for the first time in a long time in that division, um, considering the circumstances of how rocky that franchise was before he took over, it's really impressive. So I'm excited to see if the Giants are legit and then either way whichever team wins you're like okay they're in a good spot giants go to 3 and 0 and then the cowboys win they go to 2 and 1 and 2 and 0 without Dak Prescott and you'll take that anytime especially with that injury timeline getting a little bit shortened maybe only a month for him now i don't really feel threatened by either team because of those aforementioned holes i think that the Cowboys are a team that could sneak up and beat the Eagles for sure, because Dak Prescott has played really well against them, but I don't like the roster other than some dudes defensively led by Michael Parsons, who's a straight up freak. And then the giants look, you know, they, they give the Eagles fit sometimes too, but divisional play is always quality in terms of it being close in a rivalry game. Um, so I don't feel like they can threaten to win the NFC East because that's how high I, I think of Philadelphia, but Whichever team wins, this honestly could be a victory even though that they play one more time in the Meadowlands that late in the year could get one team in the playoffs and oust another, honestly.
1: True. Yeah, I I think all three of these teams, and I I still don't totally believe in the Giants. I believe in Brian Dayball. I think Daniel Jones is the fraud.
0: I've given him so many opportunities to be good and he's displayed a lot of ability. I mean, shoot, the run that he had against the Eagles when he tripped up, but still, that speed element was like, holy shit, Daniel Jones, he's made some really nice plays. But again, it's those Carson Wentz type of turnovers, which are even worse than Wentz, that come at the most inopportune of times where I don't feel threatened by him at all.
1: I agree. I just think, you know, if you're the Giants, you have a solid foundation and you're on the right path, but he's just not the guy. I think Dable is definitely the right guy. I'm very scared of, of like dealing with him. I think he's awesome as a yeah. coach. Saban and um, Belichick disciple. Let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you can tell like the work that he did kind of working with Josh Allen and elevating his game to the next level. And I don't think he'll be able to do it with Daniel Jones, like we mentioned, but I think he's going to be a really good coach. Uh, is it their year this year at two and oh, no, probably not. But you know, I don't know how you feel, but it would take them to three and zero. If we won, we'd be tied. They'd be in first place if we lost. And I just want them to kill the Cowboys. I don't know what it is. I just hate the Cowboys so
3: much. that I'm
0: I'm kind of down with I that. I just, I just hate yeah. the Cowboys. I just hate the Cowboys. Yeah, Dable, dude, if he gets a quarterback, look out. Um, Josh Allen, the fact that he went from his rookie year to year three, 55% completion percentage to 70 and a runner-up for MVP with how raw he was and – He's turned into just such a great elite quarterback in so many ways. A lot of that credit is Dable.
1: So if he gets a QB, that's scary moving forward. I know. Yeah. We 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 dodged the bullet by them not drafting Justin Herbert that one year. Yeah. This might if they get the quarterback, we may have just you know, it's come around full circle. The good thing is field.
0: they might be too good to get one of the good quarterbacks this upcoming draft. So True. they might pivot to like what wouldn't surprise me a Jimmy Garoppolo
1: who with Brian Dable.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll respect that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Now you cover the 49ers as well for chat sports. So let's end with that just around the league a little bit. The Niners, is this just like the absolute worst case scenario with what happened where (laughs) Trey Lance, who's one knock was like inexperienced gets hurt in the home opener. First year as a starter, he had the COVID weird year for football where he played like that one like showcase game. Well just yeah, just one game. Didn't play last year. Home opener this year he gets hurt. And now they have Jimmy G in there who will be a free agent next year and Trey Lance instead of playing is rehabbing.
0: Yeah, dude, it's such a loaded topic. I honestly think it's one of the more fascinating storylines in the NFL up to this point. So, right now the weirdness of it is that it makes the Niners better right yeah. now. I actually take them more seriously as a Super Bowl contender, and their betting odds for winning the Super Bowl actually improved with Garoppolo. Now, the predicament is you spent three first round picks for Trey Lance, which I think people make more of a deal of. I mean, you know, you already lost one last year, two more first round picks, that's fine, right? They do such a good job of hitting on the later rounds in the draft, but. The worst thing is for Trey Lance and this organization moving forward because if Garoppolo plays well, do you bring him back, but will it have to be a multi-year deal? And then what do you do with Lance? You can't franchise tag Garoppolo, I don't think, because he put that clause in his contract when he restructured a few weeks ago. And you run into this predicament where the worst place to be in the NFL is if you don't have a quarterback moving forward. And now Lance is somewhat injury-prone now. He hurt his knee last year. He hurt his finger. Now it's an ankle. So you have that aspect of uncertainty around him. On top of the fact that I think going back to 2019, I did the math the other day. I tweeted it out going back to 2019, 19, 20, 21, 22. He's made like 21 starts now, 22 after that ankle injury or whatever, something like that. So 21 starts, let's say going back to 2019, that is not a lot of football and he needs reps because he is so green and so raw, and now he doesn't get those reps. So I feel terrible for him and for the 49ers beyond this year, even though they're better right now, and I take them more seriously as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They have the biggest question mark at the biggest possession after 2022.
1: It's the weirdest, most unique situation where, like you said, I can now see them making it back to the NFC Championship, whereas last Saturday, I could not. Yeah, And at the same time, that you just don't know what you're going to do for next season and you could be in serious trouble, which is just like, not how it usually goes.
0: Yeah. With a really good team
1: too. And, and an elite coach. Like it's weird. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. it's a wild situation, but listen, you have two good teams to cover in the Eagles and 49ers with chat sports. So before we get you out of here, thank you for co-hosting with me today. This was great. The Eagles have been great, but shout out where everybody can find you on YouTube and on social
2: media.
0: Yeah. So Philadelphia Eagles now, um, 32,000 subs trying to grow that just took over back a couple weeks ago and it's been awesome so far. It's definitely a dream come true for me to cover the birds. So that's just Eagles now on YouTube, youtube.com slash Eagles TV. And then the 49ers report, 49ers report or youtube.com slash 49ers TV. That's where it's at. And then social media at chase underscore senior Twitter, IG. So I always appreciate going on with you guys. It's always like so fun to just kind of my, my favorite thing about these types of things is like when you just feel as though we could just kick it, have a beer and talk birds. And like oh, yeah. that's what I feel like the mood is yet. We haven't been able to get a beer yet. And when <laughs> Kev comes back on or when we all hang out together, I got to I got to drink whiskey with him, with you and have some beers together to fully make the vibe of this an actual reality.
1: One hundred percent. We were talking off air that uh, a Birds versus Boys field trip per se to Dallas absolutely needs to happen sometime in the it. near future. If Let's it's go. not this season, it'll be next season, and we'll definitely be having some beers right. and take this conversation to the bar, yeah, uh, where it usually belongs. Which will yes. be perfect.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I'm here for it. Perfect.
1: All right, Chase. I appreciate you coming on. As always, this time a little extended as the co-host, which is great. We'll see if the Eagles can get the victory in Week Three and we'll see how the NFC East fares this weekend.
2: There's Kevin. Hey, these clowns.
4: There he
1: these is.
2: Clown crew. <laughs> I'm leaving, I'm leaving my, my business work dinner here just be, only because Chase is on, not because I
0: don't <laughs> Good to see yeah, you, man. I'm here, What's too. buddy? Not much, know, dude. Life's good. I don't good. know why
2: you can't pull my name up. I put in a special name for you guys, and our names aren't even on the screen. Oh, yeah. Look at this clown. Oh, hey, there everybody. we go. You know, birds aren't real, eagles, eagles are, are fake. <laughs> eagles are fake.
0: <laughs> hey, the birds aren't real conspiracy is something that Downey's on.
2: So is he, re- oh yes, I did see that. So yeah. before I, before, I'm just going to be real quick here, Chase. I, I, I know you're doing great things with the Eagles and great things with the 49ers, but you are living in the midst of enemy territory, in the midst of my, my people, who I mostly hate most of them. But tell me what the vibe is down in Dallas.
0: Well, did, did Michael Irvin say the other day that Cooper Rush can be Tom Brady or something like that? Yeah. Is that a real thing?
2: I, apparently, and apparently Steve Young is out there saying that Dak Prescott can learn many things from Cooper Rush. Did these people not see the four interceptions?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, and, I, this is what I'll say about Dak. His record against winning teams is pretty telling. I don't think there's any way to slice it up. Like the great quarterbacks,
3: the great quarterbacks,
0: they beat winning teams. The second level of guys, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, don't always. And I think Dak is best when he's supported. And like, that's why what Dallas has done this off season makes absolutely no fucking sense. Why would you trade away Amari Cooper and let Cedric Wilson go? How are you going to have only one wide receiver currently who's called a touchdown pass on the roster? Like it's just absurd. Now and, you know, fans, even- Dallas fans are always delusional, so that's the vibe down here.
2: And you don't <laughs> even have your third-round rookie active for the first two weeks, but yet you have an undrafted rookie, Dennis Houston, active for two weeks. He goes zero catches on zero receptions, and then you just cut him.
0: Yeah, it, it's and they have all this cap space to spend. Like they're they have money. They're ju- there's just cash sitting there, and they're not spending it. It's like, Stephen. dude, you're fucking Jerry Jones, man. What are you doing?
2: But Stephen Jones <laughs> is Stephen out here. To to we, spe- we spend every every dime of the, our cap space. Thank you very much. Yeah. Clown city. But yeah, um. no. Uh, I will let you all proceed. I, I will put it out there right now after Monday night. Uh, I tweeted it. The Eagles are a problem. I am terrified. This is not my year. Now I have a child who my wife is putting in Eagles gear, and I can't even get mad because...
0: Oh, she, wife made the good move there.
2: Yeah, it's miserable. Smart, smart lady. <laughs> um, well, you guys have fun. I just had to say hello.
0: Good to Aiden. see you, man.
2: Hello, Aiden. I haven't even talked to you. i just been talking to Chase. What's uh, up, Eddie? Don't really care about you and Vince. Okay, that's hello. fucked up. All right, have fun, gentlemen.
4: <laughs> All right, see you, man. Eagles <laughs> are fake. Eagles are fake. I'll throw that in the episode somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Eagles are
1: fake.
3: Eagles are fake. Cowboys All are right, frauds. So
0: there we
1: go. Cowboys Big frauds. are frauds. Eagles Big are frauds. frauds.
3: <laughs> that's the name of the episode.
1: Eagles are fake. Cowboys are frauds. Let's get into our TikToks tonight. We've got two for you, just like we did last week. So we're doing power rankings again, and then we're going to switch it up, and we're going to do way too early MVPs. So we're going to do five teams, three players for MVP. We got... Uh, a somewhat normal triangle i got me eddie taking kevin's place and then vince finishing us off here for the triangle tonight so you guys want to start with the power rankings first yeah let's let's do it all right nfl power rankings after week two at five i've got my eagles statement win on monday night i think they're looking good on both sides of the ball jalen hurts is an mvp candidate that is foreshadowing
3: i think they're just a complete team with depth at every position yeah, I like that pick. Uh, I have the Bucks at five. I think Brady is still good. I think the Bucks are very, very injury depleted right now. But if they can keep winning as guys start to come back, I think they'll, uh, you know, turn around their 2-0 season.
4: <laughs> uh, at five, I have the Giants. Uh, 2-0 team in the NFC East. It's hard to do. Uh, it's pretty impressive to start off 2-0. I, I think you can't go unmentioned. So at five, I have the Giants.
1: At four, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Is this how SpongeBob and Patrick felt when they just kept climbing on those hooks and going up and eventually they learned their lesson? Because I feel like I never will with the Chargers. They may have lost, but I'm calling it a quality loss to the Chiefs. At four, I have the
3: Chargers. At four, I have the Chargers. I do agree it was a quality loss. I I think – I mean, Herbert's really good. I hope he's not too seriously hurt. He's still expected to play this week. I don't know. I, they're the Chargers, so you can never really trust them, you know. But they seem good. Uh, at four, I have the Cardinals
4: because, according to our TikTok comments, they took down maybe the best team in the NFL ever.
1: True. At three, I have the Bucks. It's so funny because they're two and zero, and everyone's treating them like they're zero and two, but they might just have the best defense in the league.
3: At three, I have the Eagles. Uh, I think this is a really good team AJ Brown was probably the best pickup of the entire offseason for like a singular team and Jalen Hurts while he's not still the guy he's good he's better than what people originally said he would be when he was drafted not me I've always been a Jalen Hurts fan you can check check the tape on that
4: Uh, at three I have the Packers and the Bucks because it's kind of the same thing the best thing the devil ever did was convince everyone he didn't exist. And the best thing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers ever did was convince everyone they were done. No, Everyone's kind of writing these two teams off because, like, no wide receivers. Everyone's hurt. Quarterback's too old. This could be the NFC Championship game easily.
1: Fair. At two, I have the Chiefs. I genuinely believe you can make a case for them for number one because they probably have the best win on the season so far and a win over the Chargers, who we mentioned before. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they're always going to be the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. The schedule is murderer's row, but they're top five, top two.
3: Yeah, easily. Uh, two, I have the Bills. I think similar to what Aiden said about the Chiefs, as long as Josh Allen is there and as long as he's healthy, that team is going to dominate most, if not all, other teams in the league.
4: Uh, I have the Chargers. Uh, great team. What can you say about the Chargers? Justin Herbert Just on another level. He's a great team all around.
1: At one, I have the Buffalo Bills. We cannot sit here and me as a podcast and say I test over analytics all the time and then not choose the Bills number one after they just completely slump these teams that they're playing, uh, including the Rams, who are the defending Super Bowl champions. These games aren't close. They're demolishing teams. I test over
3: analytics. Bills number one. Similar to last week, I have the Chiefs at number one. I just think they're better than the the Bills, and I'm going to say that until the Bills beat them, which they haven't done yet.
4: That's fair. Uh, Number one, I have the Bills. They're a fun team to root for. Uh, The Bills versus Eagles Super Bowl thing has been viral on (laughs) social media all week. Uh, I would never jinx it and put the Eagles at one. They're definitely not who I've written down. I just changed my mind. Uh, But the Bills wagon,
1: number one. All right, second TikTok we're going to do way too early MVP rankings in the NFL we're doing three so I'll start at three I have Lamar Jackson an incredible performance last week (laughs) in a loss to the Dolphins but we won't hold it against him so far this year he's got seven touchdowns total passing also a 79 yard rushing touchdown not too bad I think this team is still really good I just think you know the Dolphins will put you in a track meet and they fell asleep
3: yeah, no, was a great pick. I'm a big Lamar fan, but at three, I actually have Tua. I think I, he's not going to win it, but at this point in the season, after these first two games, I don't know how he's not in top three. At
4: uh, three, I have Carson Wentz. I th- believe he's second in yards behind Tua. Uh, I would just think it will take a, a, legit, a legitimately good team to beat a quarterback that's in a roll like this. Colts can't scapegoat him this time.
1: They at two... I have Jalen Hurts coming off a Monday night performance, 333 yards passing, 83% completion percentage. This comes after a week where he had led the offense to score 31 points against the Lions. He is in total control, has made the progression as a passer, and is still doing huge damage with his legs. Three rushing touchdowns so far this year. At two, I've got Jalen Hurts.
3: At two, I have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. What
4: else do I gotta say? Oh, apparently
3: nothing. I, I no, you, n- literally nothing. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you were gonna I thought you were no. gonna say I thought that was what retarded. else do I have to say, guys? He's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Fair enough. I'm Fair done. Enough.
4: <laughs> I, at two, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh he's had two great weeks. Uh apparently week one he had a, he had only a good week. Uh there must have been like an incredible someone like incredible shadowing. I'm not sure who it was i can't really remember but to keep him down the only one touchdown in 84 yards been pretty good hell of a job
1: all right at one i've got josh allen incredible performance monday night four touchdowns made it look easy the bills are dominating he's the best player on the best team in the league that's how they usually determine mvps
3: it's josh allen at one at one i have josh allen uh, he's the best player on the second best team in the league behind the Chiefs, of course. If you listen to the last TikTok, um, he's <laughs> fantastic. He's got one of, if not the best arm in the entire game, and he's also just a linebacker that runs over defenders if he feels like it. Not bad. Uh,
4: at one, I have Justin Jefferson, kid's incredible. How do you stop him?
1: Who could do it? Who could do it? Can't imagine that. Who could be up to such a tall task? All right. That's our show. Those are our TikToks. Thank you again for Chase for hopping on. That was a great discussion. We're really in the thick of things now. It's week three in all NFC East this week with the Giants playing the Cowboys on Monday Night Football and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts squaring off against each other, Eagles commanders. Thank you to Kevin for making the guest stop. He will be back next week. Again, game day reaction shows go live, so his will probably be out Tuesday. Mine will probably be out Monday. Hopefully wins, but I don't know. Sometimes our losses are great content too. So thank you to everyone who listened to watch. Thank you to the guys producing, Eddie and Vince, who helped out with the TikToks as well. Make sure to like and subscribe everywhere. Follow on Twitter. Tell your mom about our show so she can watch too. We will see you next week after the NFC East Marathon.